This episode is hosted by Jordimon Companies. Check out the show notes to follow him on Twitter. Hi Sam, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Hi Jordi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And we're here to talk about Dagger, uh, the product that uh, project and product that uh, Sam and others have recently founded and launched. So in general, software supply chain has become an incredibly complex problem. Um, uh, both the trusted supply chain and the entrusted one, right? So the one that companies control, but also what goes beyond uh, what any company can control. And that's uh, like what, can, what, what any company can control is basically the tip of the iceberg. Um, so what I mean by, you know, trusted components of the software uh, supply chain are just, you know, packages, workflows, processes, checks, tests, whatever that are internally compulsory within an organization. But also dependencies, libraries, outbound calls, analysis, and you know, all the modern software, all, all the modern processes and you know, steps that modern software relies upon. And those mostly, especially in the open source world or companies that rely on open source software, sit outside of the control space of any company, no matter how big this company is. So for that, you have two options. Be or become Google and have a massive monolith the size of the pyramids of Giza in which you have all the code, all the dependencies and everything contained, right? But most of us are just not Google in a way, right? We, we tend to rely on others and, uh, and uh, you know, and open source projects maintained and owned by other people. And, and that's the reality for, for most of us. So does Dagger help with this huge... Um, complex landscape to start with? Yeah, so first of all, I'll, I'll um, describe in a few words what, uh, what is Dagger. So Dagger is a programmable CI-CD engine that runs your pipeline in containers. So as you described, the pipeline can be a series of steps um, that can build your application, test your code, trigger deploy. And that pipeline usually is described in most of the CI system as um, a YAML. Uh, file. Um, we usually call that a workflow in most CI systems, or, or it's actually a pipeline. Um, and all of those steps actually are pieces of code that needs to be more or less complex. Usually small companies start with a very simple deployment script and they end up with something fairly, fairly large and complex. And the problem there is that on one side you have part of this complexity and the graph of dependencies that we call a DAG, I can explain in more details what, what it means and why it matters. Uh, but yeah, on one side you have some very large complexity in a language like YAML. On the other side you have, um, you know, a, number, a certain number of bash scripts um, and custom code that you need to run and maintain. Usually this code is not very run efficiently at least, you know, the parallelization, caching, all of that needs to be taken into account. Security with secrets. Um, and so, and, and, and also it's not, it's usually not portable. So you probably have heard about people having gigantic Jenkins configuration that they need to migrate over. At some point, it never happens. Um, but usually when it happens, everything has to be done from scratch because the code is not reusable. Um, the code that exists actually is usually deeply tied to the infrastructure. 
this infrastructure again can be Jenkins running on various uh, cloud providers, bare metal, etc., or even GitHub Actions that um, that's taking off also. Uh, but you you end up with the same problem. Um, everything is kind of uh, all glued together to the underlying infrastructure. And so Dagger aims to solve that problem uh, in a couple of ways. First of all, uh, we we think that your CI/CD pipeline needs to be programmable. Uh, with the same kind of tools that you use when you write your application. So that's why we, we released yesterday um, an SDK for Go. So now you can actually use uh, a Go library, a Go SDK, uh, to run, to program your, your, your pipelines using Dagger. Once you, you implemented your pipeline, um, what runs every single step of the pipeline runs inside a container, but you don't have to, to manage that complexity yourself. Dagger simplifies this for you. Um, and then it means you can also run it everywhere and move it from an infrastructure to another. So Dagger manages secrets, for instance. Um, it can paralyze your, your, your steps when you, they, they can be paralyzed. Um, uh, through this notion of DAG again, and they can also um, be um, cached. So the, the important thing is if you manage a large code base and you just change a very simple line of code, you don't want to re-execute the whole pipeline again. And Dagger actually simplifies that as well through a caching mechanism um, that I can okay, go into so more detail. Yeah, let's, let's actually dive into the caching mechanism. So does it does it cache dependencies and therefore save time when calling those every time one after the other, or is it like incremental builds in the case of CI, right? That you just said, yeah, you've changed the line of code, the the code base that you're trying to build is ten thousand lines of code, so therefore ninety nine, <laughs> you know, ninety nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine do not need to be built because you only changed the one, right? Yeah. So are those like like Pre caching pre-build and caching during the build are those things uh, like things that would da dagger would support. So, in a way? so it's managed at the not at the code level, but at the, the the I would say it's not exactly correct correct, but at the at the directory level, if okay. that makes sense. So basically, the the directory is seen as an as an input. Uh, so it can be any kind of input, can be a remote Git repository, can be another container image, can be any kind of uh, uh, binary input. Mm. Um, and if this input uh, didn't change, basically, um, we, can, we know that we don't have to rerun the same operation on it. So as an example, um, you, let's say you build a Go application. Uh, and from this Go application, you produce a binary. You will include this binary into a container. And the result of this container will have an addressable, uh, an addressable uh, SHA-256 with a long uh, digest. Um, we know for sure that if the code didn't change, the, at the end, the very end, you don't need a new SHA-256. Uh, and you don't, don't actually do, do need to rerun the whole content again. I mean, the whole uh, build process. And so, well, imagine if you if you have to to check this yourself and um, yeah. and and want to to manage that uh, that you know that uh, condition. Uh, well, with Dagger, you don't have to 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 manage any of that. Um, right now, it works actually underneath. We are using um, a project called Buildkit. So Buildkit is the build engine uh, of Docker. Uh, it's a project that we worked on because actually I didn't share uh, much of my background, but before that, uh, before Dagger. Uh, before I co-founded Dagger with uh, Salomon Hikes, uh, Andrew Luzardi, 
uh, we were the three of us at uh, Docker for many years. Actually, Solomon uh, was the founder, and so and we worked on on uh, those projects before we actually built them <laughs> from scratch. So we understand pretty well how they work, and we thought that it was very important to leverage them into Dagger. Um, most people use BuildKit today, but they don't know about it. So it's actually the build engine. So every time you do a Docker build, you actually use BuildKit and you use this caching mechanism. Um, Is Dagger going to abstract Dagger users from BuildKit too? Like, right, exactly. Like Docker does. Yeah, and so exactly. So Docker does it today uh, by, by using Docker files. And so, but BuildKit is much more powerful than just running Docker files. And so, when you use Dagger, you can well, you can reuse your Docker file. Like uh, BuildKit actually understands Docker file pretty well. Pretty well. I mean, the support is uh, is uh, obviously very very solid. Um, but you 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 can actually run uh, use the, the primitives of, of BuildKit without mm -hmm. Docker files. Mm -hmm. And this is what Dagger gives you access to through the Go SDK. Let's actually jump back because you mentioned Solomon. Uh, you, you mentioned the other co-founder of of Dagger. His name was apologies, I didn't get it. The third co-founder. Oh, Andrea Luzardi. Okay. Andrea, actually, a few words about about him because we we don't often talk about Andrea because Solomon is uh, is is now uh, pretty famous in the in the space <laughs> yeah. uh, for good reasons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, and and Andrea was actually uh, the one who created uh, Swarm. Uh, at Docker, uh, nice. he, and he also was the engineer in my team that was that had the very first commit uh, on Docker uh, nice. back in the days when uh, Docker was still a prototype uh, and one of the many projects we we're working on. So Andrew was uh, had his uh, basically name on the very first line of code, nice. Docker. <laughs> Actually, this connects very well with what I was going to back to ask you. Dagger is a bit in that same phase right now, right? Yep. That Docker was when Andrea right. made the same commit. But you guys are learning from your, uh, you guys are applying the learnings from Docker, right? So tell me about, um, not necessarily the time of Docker, but actually with what idea did you guys leave Docker and what, set, what motivated you to found eventually Dagger? What was the problem? How did you yeah. research that? And how did you come about this? Experiment. Yeah, right now. yeah. It's actually an interesting story because I don't think it started the the usual way for a startup. Uh, and what I mean by that is, we actually left Docker at different times. Like uh, I left in uh, mid twenty eighteen, and to be honest, I I wasn't sure what to do next. I just want wanted to take some time off and get some mental space to think about it. And, and Solomon was the same. He left a bit uh, before me and, uh, and Andrea a bit after, basically. But we were all the same, like thinking about life, thinking about what's next. And what we ended up um, realizing was that we wanted to work together again. Hmm. So that was really the starting point of the company. It was really the, the team. And, and it, it's really not usual because most startups start with an idea. Uh, and then form a team around it. That, that's what I see a lot in, in with, with other startups. And so, so yeah, since it was the opposite, we, we ended up the three, three of us together thinking about, okay, what, what should we do? <laughs> and so... So base, baseline, was it, yeah. the starting point was that you guys wanted to work together. Yeah. Whether it was building a farm. Or, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> right? The, 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 that came second. Yeah. 
well, thankfully, we didn't build a farm. No. And, uh, <laughs> and so what we, what we started to do in the very early days was to interview people. Um, we started to ask for meetings with um, any kind of companies, small, medium, large, any kind of people we, we would uh, be that would be willing to talk to us also because we didn't have anything to sell, anything to share uh, other than our experience. And, and along the way, we, we started to zoom into different categories. So usually you can split the, this industry in four main categories. So uh, there is the code, um, the build and test. Um, then you have the, the deployment um, that's kind of I mean, strongly linked to the 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 the, the code, I mean, the the build and test as well, uh, and then you have the run. So how you run those assets that you you well, after you you manage the deployment logic and, and and everything, and so for sure we 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 knew that we were not going to do something for like an IDE or something like that can help you every day with your development, and something at the end that would. Um, manage the, the runtime of your containers that I, I think cloud providers are, are actually doing a good work right now in mm -hmm. that space. And so we, we, were, we identified a problem really in, in the middle uh, with the build, test, and deploy. And this is where, after talking to a lot of people, at some point we, we were hearing the same thing uh, over and over again. And that thing was, well, we started simple with a, a pass like a Heroku or something very simple to use. At some point it was... Um, too small for us, or too expensive, or too not not flexible enough. So we started to adopt, you know, managed services. Our sales problem is uh, then you the, the the experience that you have with something like Heroku, you lose it uh, when you move to a managed service. And so this is when the problem starts because this is when you actually need an internal platform, an internal pass. Um, and this is when um, you usually open your IDE. Uh, name mm -hmm. your file deployed.sh, <laughs> run this file or build, you know, run this file from your CI. It's one of the steps in the, in the YAML workflow that I described. And, and you think that the problem is solved. Um, the problem is that this file and these uh, scripting things are evolve um, and never end, actually. And as the company gets larger, you usually end up with a very la large deployment dashboard, uh, you have a platform team that's uh, getting bigger and bigger, usually proportional to the rest of the engineering team. Uh, and their goal is to, we usually call, talk about developer productivity. And that's really usually the problem is like, mm -hmm. how can a developer be abstracted from the complexity of the, of the infrastructure and ship their feature really fast? Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is usually when they have to build this team is, is actually pure software engineering work. We call that platform engineering, but mm. it, uh, it's actually a shame that they don't have access to the same tool than, than other software engineers. That's when you, you end up with gigantic files, uh, YAML files and, uh, and a bunch of JSON transformation, mm. uh, building uh, schema validation on top, uh, trying to make it easy for devs, but it's not easy at all. And seeing all of those companies doing this to themselves over and over again in a way that's not reusable because usually those platform teams don't uh when when they they actually create something pretty good that works their code is not reusable because they take a lot of shortcuts uh for the company that they work for uh, and even when they leave the company and they gain this experience solving the problem once they usually start from scratch again 
And so we, we saw this problem with so many companies out there that, that at some point were convinced that everyone has this problem. And this is when we thought, okay, there, there, is, there is really a product missing there, a product that can allow you to program your pipelines, first of all, uh, makes them uh, portable. So the infrastructure, I think, is great. Like most CI systems are, are really performing today. But it's a, it's a problem that the, the, the CI infrastructure actually wraps everything else, right? The, mm. the, man, the management of pipelines, the, the, the way you will do your steps, the way you will manage your secrets, all of that. And um, yeah, and, and actually, um, I didn't um, share about what, what's coming next, but uh, obviously the reusability of code and the, an extension system is very important, more SDKs uh, to support more, more programming languages. Uh, Etc. But I, I can dig into whatever yeah. you you're interested about. So, <laughs> okay. So thanks for the background. That was perfect, actually. And I, I see that same problem everywhere in my day to day job. And I, I, I mean, it's it, it's kind of clear. The, the solution is not clear. The problem is. So, so you so exactly. Let's let's start from the beginning, making it programmable. When I think about something as code and therefore programmable, I usually tend to, my mind goes to a to, to YAML, JSON, and any database programming language in a way, if I'm allowed to say that. And therefore, I'm thinking of uh, declarative. So, but I did hear in, the in your answer to the first question that you just released a Go SDK. Uh, so what, what, what balance between imperative and uh, declarative are you striking at how, uh, um, dagger and uh, yeah, how, how's that balance? How does that balance out in the programmable phase for, for us? Yeah, so the, this uh, question about declarative versus imperative is, uh, I mean, comes up a lot, uh, especially here at, <laughs> at KubeCon, like with Kubernetes. Exactly. Um, we tend to, be, to to take shortcuts there and think that uh, you know everything has to be declarative and that's it. You know. Um, I think it's not that simple. Um, so Dagger actually forces you to be declarative, but um, declarative means usually uh, certain limitations. So we try to, to actually um, have you not um, suffer, suffer from those limitations in some ways. Okay. So what I mean by that is when you use the Go SDK, it doesn't feel like a declarative API. Uh, that that's very important, and and certain steps honestly don't need to be declarative uh, on the on on the deployment pipeline. Mm -hmm. On the infrastructure side, because I hear a lot about uh, you know Pulumi, Terraform, even Kubernetes in some ways, um, it's very important for those products to be um, and projects to be declarative, um, because when you think about infrastructure provisioning you really want to define and describe an end state. Mm. Like if I need this port on this machine or that number of um, you know, memory or that number of pods, um, well, I don't want to say add pod, right? <laughs> I prefer to say I want five pods, right? And so this is where, where it, you need to be declarative or you don't want to say I want, you know, need more memory, etc. When it comes to deployment pipeline, um, well, you have, so this is when I, I explain, I need to explain a bit about what is a DAG. Okay, um, so let's move on to that. Yeah, a deployment pipeline is basically a graph of dependencies. Okay. So you have a series of steps. Um, you can call that the nodes in a graph. Mm -hmm. And those nodes depend on each other uh, or not, depends. Basically, um, 
you can have some, so I'll take an example to make sure it, it's clear. So let's say you, I'm, I'm building a code uh, that I pull from a Git repository mm -hmm. and I need a container at the end. Um, let's say that actually I will, I will build two containers outside of this repository. So I have the code in, it's, let's say it's a monorepo mm -hmm. uh, with a front end and a back end. Let's say both will end up being containers, containerized. Um, so there, for instance, the, the first node of the graph will be pulling the, the Git repo. Okay. Uh, so that will be the first thing. So if I have other steps in my graph that defines how to build a container, we know that those steps won't execute until the code is available, until the code has been built, until maybe the tests have been run, and then um, until I have access maybe to the Docker file and the assets needed for, for building the container, and until all those steps actually resolve, then I can build the container. And so this is where you realize that there is a, this is a graph of dependencies. And some of those steps can, can run in parallel. Like for instance, uh, those two containers, maybe they don't depend on each other. Uh, it's actually, sometimes it's not true, but let's say in that case, uh, they don't depend on each other. So they can be built in parallel. So the Dagger engine actually takes care of all of that. Um, figuring out what to run first, in what order, what can be parallelized, uh, what can be taken from the cache instead of being rerun, because let's say that I'm, I'm rerunning it again and the code didn't change, I don't need to actually rerun everything again. So in um, the CI-CD space, this usually we, we use that term DAG a lot. It's not actually uh, uh, coined to that to CI-CD only, because you have a DAG, a lot of DAGs, like for instance, Git. Yes, uh, yes, I think we mentioned it before. Right? Not yeah. in this conversation, but in another one. Yeah, and so it's a generic, uh, it's a generic uh, graph um, um, algorithm, and so so it's very. You mentioned that it stands for direct acyclic uh, graph, right? Right, exactly, directed acyclic graph. That's that's or directed. The, Directed, okay. yeah, because there is a direction, and there is um, it enforces the algorithm enforces that you don't um, you avoid cycles. Uh, so that's very important. And when you when it validates the engine validates the graph, we we detect uh, if there is a cycle or not in the dependencies, um, and make sure that it's directed in such a way that it goes from the top all the way to the bottom, and all the steps are resolved. So that's that's how a DAG um, works, uh, at least for the Dagger engine, and. Um, I, I don't remember the, the initial question why I was explaining a DAG, but I think it well, was... Well, we came from actually from talk, the, the, the right balance between declarative and imperative oh, yeah, right. and the Go SDK. Exactly. So I guess, I guess that... Yeah. So the, is the first step in Dagger defining your pipeline in a programmable way, does it require you to create this DAG, the first thing, or not necessarily? Right. And so, so well, first of all, you don't, you don't want to, to, to have the DAG in mind when you okay. write, you, you, you program your pipeline. You just want to like say, hey, this is how I build my code. This is how I fetch the source code. This is how I want to build my container. This is how I want, want to run my test. You don't, because th these graphs can be gigantic for, for large applications. You can build like uh, hundreds of, um, you know, containers out of a monorepo or something like that. And so you, you don't, you, and, and um, actually not mentioning running the tests and what happens if one of the tests fail, etc. So this graph, ideally, you don't want to keep that in mind while you, you program your pipeline. But the DAG at the end needs to be declarative. It's very important that at some point in the process, um, you have the whole representation of what's going to happen. Um, and so this is what Dagger does, basically. So you have to go the, a, bit, a little bit about how it works. Okay. Uh, we have 
um, the Go SDK in the front. Uh, basically, we, we generate, um, you can use it like any, any Go library, um, use it for, for pulling images, running commands inside a container, pushing containers, adding secrets, referencing secrets, taking some, some code from a local directory, taking some, in, some other information from the host, like environment variables, etc. So you have a lot of primitives that allow you to, to do pretty much whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, and then at some point, in that um, code, you, you actually need to execute um, something. So for instance, you, you usually call this at the end. Uh, you can actually run multiple execs, but I will keep that for later because you can, uh, Dagger can actually allow you to pretty simply uh, manage multiple DAGs <laughs> without wow. even caring about it. Uh, but let, let's uh, okay. Yeah, let's keep it simple for yeah, this. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Okay. Simple and and so the the idea is that at some point you will you will run uh, your pipeline. Yes. And this is when um, basically we have the whole representation of the DAG. Um, little bit of uh, details about what's going on underneath. If people are interested, okay. we actually use GraphQL, uh, which is very not common for that use case. Um, lot of conversation, lot of data that happened within the team about that. <laughs> but it's, uh, we, we, we strongly believe that it is the, the, the right choice to make uh, this DAG declarative. And, and it will actually uh, save us a lot of time down the road for releasing more SDKs, uh, having extensions written for many different languages. Uh, and so, but yeah, I can, I can, um, that, that's, uh, I'm, I'm getting into the, the, of the weeds of the of the, the internals of the project, but well, that connects with the portability, right? We can talk about it right. later, and, right? And also for the for your question about uh, being declarative, what's what's okay. good is that at some point you have a declarative gateway some, somehow. Uh, it's it's not a gateway; it's it's an API. But my point is that it's it's your gateway towards um, running containers, and GraphQL will make sure that it's it's fully declarative, mm. and so that that's what that, that's what I mean by being declarative without having to to push that complexity to the developer writing the pipeline. That's very important to us. I see. So you've described how Dagger is programmable, right? You just described it in this example. You mentioned that those pipelines described now in code are portable, right? Right. So how, how does anyone else, let's say that I'm a developer in your team, would be able to use that same pipeline you just, you just designed the DAG of and uh, made it you know, portable. How, how does that work? Yeah. So right now, I, I will describe what what you have now with what we announced yesterday and what what will be possible tomorrow. So, what we announced yesterday is a Go SDK. So what you would do right now is you would share your code exactly as you you would with any other Go code. So let's say you have a Git repo and and sharing the code of your app with someone. Um, right now, actually, Dagger doesn't ship a CLI. So the way you use it is. You compile this code, you run it. That's it. So, like any other Go application, uh, and then the Dagger engine is fully embedded, and and basically what what the Dagger engine does will be fully portable. So it will run exactly the same way everywhere you will do it. Mm -hmm. So, and and by the way, it was important for us while releasing the Go SDK to use uh, the native tools that you use when you do Go. Uh, so for instance, you install the, the Go SDK with a Go mod, means a Go module, simple as that. And- um, Why was that decision important for you guys? It was important because, um, well, something I didn't cover is that um, we also introduced a few months ago a version of Dagger that supports Q. 
which yeah. is yeah a, a config language that that's uh, getting some traction and and what we've realized was um, although Q is very powerful very promising um, you know the development tools like um, uh, the integrations with IDEs with the language server and all of that are not are not there yet um, and you know, generating uh, APIs, references from code, that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's um, the point is it, having all the tools that you usually use when you write any kind of application, it's very important. Yes. Because otherwise you have to build all of that yourself. We, we actually built a language server ourselves for Q. And at some point we realized that while bringing support for other languages, it's, it's better to leverage what those languages already offer. So, for instance, like uh, the, the completion of your Go code in VS Code, for instance, or other IDEs is uh, is trivial, right? We we take that for as um, for, for given today. Like we we think that oh yeah, for sure, yeah, auto completion. But it's actually super complex. And remove this from a developer, you will see that it's actually pretty critical <laughs> for for the developer productivity. So so yeah, that's why uh, it's very important okay. to us to fully integrate into the the developer environment. And this is what we'll do also for other languages down the road. Exactly. So the Go SDK, I, I, I presume, tell me more about it and um, um, the strategy, but it's a starting point, right? So what's coming next? Uh, yeah, what's coming next? Yeah, so, I mean, there, there, are, there are more things available on the repository, on the open source repository. I didn't mention it, but all of that is open source today. Um, so right now we are working on uh, Python SDK, on uh, Node SDK that supports both TypeScript and JavaScript. Um, then, and then we have some plans, like some people ask for PHP, for Java, I heard. So, so far what I can share is that uh, Python and Node are, are, are getting close uh, to be ready. Um, and uh, yeah, and probably announcing tech previews by the end of the year. That's what we're working on right now. Um, and yeah, so so the thing is, people should not wait to to to, to use it. And the, the point is, even though it does our tech previews, and behind it's using BuildKit. So so GraphQL actually turns into LLB instructions, which is what um, BuildKit is using. Mm -hmm. uh, behind it's the the, the language that uh, BuildKit uh, implements. And uh, the point is, um, although those SDKs are are new. Uh, behind it, you are actually turning all of this into built-in instructions very simply. So it's as solid as a Docker file. So if you trust uh, using Docker file for production, <laughs> you should you should give Dagger a try. Um, and obviously, the the API, the, the reason we don't uh, promote this as production ready is because the API might change. You know, we we still need a lot of feedback from users. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is which is why actually it's important for people to give it a try and, and give us feedback, and so yeah, it will keep evolving and and getting. Let's actually plug it. Where can users find uh, all the requirements? You know, all the things to download and try it themselves. Where can they go? Yeah. So the the simple thing is to go to dagger.io, uh, d a g g d a g g e r .io. Uh, and then there you will find all the links you need um, to, to try it. Uh, you can go also directly to the docs, so docs.dagger.io, and you will find all the, the steps to start and give it a try. Uh, you can also see a link to our GitHub repo. Everything is, uh, is available. Uh, we use also Discord a lot. So 
uh, there is a pretty active dev community of DevOps uh, and platform engineers on on uh, on our Discord. So I encourage people to join us. We actually run um, community calls every every Thursday. Uh, I believe there is one tomorrow. It's uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. Uh, yeah, we may we may want to change that time at some point uh, for for you know including more more people on different time zones. But yeah, right now 10 a.m. There are also recordings of all the the calls available, uh, and people usually join. It's, it usually lasts an hour, an hour and a half, and people join, ask questions, share their use case about Dagger, share like uh, even like uh, what they need in order to to use Dagger, what they are missing, like that kind of stuff. It's really it's really it's really interesting how the project is. Uh, is getting designed uh, within the community. Yeah. Even our launch was uh, done all in, in the open yesterday, and that that was <laughs> fun to see from people from the outside. <laughs> uh, so, something we learned from Docker back in the days, where the community is really, really, really important to get uh, a project to a mature state really quickly. Uh, so, yeah. So, so let's say I'm a Python engineer, a Python developer, I've got the, the Python SDK is already ready. You are a Go developer and the Go SDK that was announced yesterday was ready. Why is that important? I mean, what I'm, I'm developing, you know, I don't know, machine learning, notebooks, whatever. Yeah. You, you have other goals. Your team has other goals. But you and I work in the same, for the same application in, 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 in essence. So with Dagger, would that be a problem? Or what, what, what's it in Dagger that makes this actually a good scenario? Yeah. So, well, first of all, it will work like any, any code again. So, you know, I would ask you with the question, if you write some, some Python, uh, you know, uh, notebooks or whatever for your, your team of data scientists, how do you share your code today, right? Exactly. You, you're probably using a, a Git repo somewhere. And so here, well, the idea is uh, you move from a, a world where your CI, CD pipeline may be on the CI system managed by a specific team. And even if you, if you are part of the team managing the pipeline, uh, since it's completely integrated in the CI infrastructure, question is how will you and your team mm. maintain and keep this pipeline evolving? Well, you're likely to have to open, like if you're lucky and you use GitHub Action, you may have to open uh, pull request on that Git repo, uh, on the changing few things on the workflow YAML. Um, so it's YAML first of all, and so you, you usually won't test this locally because you have no way to do so. Um, so you will open a pull request, mm -hmm. wait for a GitHub runner to kick in. Uh, you will wait uh, patiently through the logs, <laughs> drinking coffee, and at some point you'll see that, oh, I made an, a mistake. Uh, it's actually not working. So you wait for the logs, look at the error, and start again. Yeah. So that's usually how you will maintain your, your pipeline for your CI system. And again, in the context of uh, GitHub Action in particular, yeah. but Jenkins can be entirely different oh, depending yeah. on how you use it. Um, imagine if this is just code, like any kind of code, and you can actually run it locally first. <laughs> so you change this code, you open a pull request on something where, that you already tried and, and ran, and, and it's actually real code. It's not, it's not like a, um, you know, a set of instructions that you're not exactly sure how they will run until they hit the, inf the CI infrastructure. So the, the, the concept is very different. Um, but I would say very different from the existing way to run CIs, but not 
very different from the way people work today with you know other applications and code. I, I find it funny that the claim of GitOps was operations by pull request, right? So bringing a best practice from the dev world into ops. This, in a way, is the opposite. Is bringing a best practice of the infra world of the ops world into the. I mean, you can apply it to everywhere, but this yeah. this is like improving the dev side of things in a way. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it's also not not uh, saying that you will skip the pull request and the validation step, but it's also very important that um, the, the 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 main difference there is that when you will submit your pull request, exactly like when you do with code. You will know. You will have a good idea of what happens. Yeah. Uh, right. And so, imagine if it's going to be binary, right? It works yeah. Or Im not. Imagine if, plat if software engineers today would work like uh, all platform engineers, and they would every time they would open a pull request, they would be like, "Oh shit, I don't know if this code actually is going to work because mm -hmm. uh, I ca I cannot try it. I need to see how it runs on the CI system." And you just open the PR, and actually, get, you know, the whole team gets a notification <laughs> about your code failing. So. Thankfully, uh, we, we, we have a solution for that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Okay. So where do you think then, what, what, how, how do you, I mean, you just mentioned that the community is vital in the development of the product, but if, we, if, I, was to, if I was to push you a bit into sort of like to be opinionated, yeah. where do you think Dagger is going like in the next few months? Like, what, what do you see things moving towards? Yeah, so, well, I think um, Dagger, so we're going to release more SDKs. Okay. Uh, we're going to get those APIs uh, stable so people can actually rely on them for very complex and production application. Um, at some point, I mentioned it, we were going to release an extension uh, mechanism. So, so Dagger can actually extend this GraphQL API with extensions written in any language. So it's, it, it starts to be a bit meta, but the, the way it will work is that as, as soon as you have a pipeline that you like and you, you put a lot of into, uh, work into making it generic, because mm -hmm. you don't want to do these same mistakes again of deploying, you know, writing a, a complex CI CD pipeline and, and having that to do that again uh, during your next job, for instance, <laughs> well, you'll have the ability to publish this as an extension oh. that you can share with other okay. people. So let's say you have the perfect way to to run, um, uh, you know, to 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 build uh, a monorepo and many containers the right way because you you know exactly how to you know what to do and you you you've done it many times. You you know you have a, a specific way to inject your secrets at build time or whatever, like something very complex that took you some time. Well, at some point you may want to create an extension from it, or also it can be for other companies who have services like, for instance, let's say you, you work at uh, Vercel and you, you would like all the Dagger users uh, to have access to Vercel in a very simple way in their mm -hmm. pipeline. Well, you could actually distribute your own um, Vercel extension. Um, not pointing any names. Could be <laughs> Netlify, DigitalOcean even, like any, any kind of, uh, of uh, infrastructure provider, right? In fact, didn't you... Didn't you guys already published one of these or not? Am I wrong? So we, I wanted something? Yeah, so the thing is, uh, so the, the Q version that, that's stable uh, has an extension system with a lot of extensions that we published in the past. Uh, now with this new core, basically, okay. we, are, we, we actually ported this, the, the, the Q uh, support into its own SDK. 
And um, we decided not to launch the extension mechanism yet because we want to see what people do with the, you know, like, like as soon as you, you manage an extension, if at some point we, we, we have to, to change the API because some users tell us it's not the right thing, it will break extensions. We want to do things uh, step by step to make sure it works. But technically, yes, there is already the extension support uh, in the core. And uh, yeah, and we expect more extensions, more more adoption, more SDKs. We actually, well, a quick quick hint, uh, um, j just to 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 share something interesting with uh, with people who actually listen to this uh, to this point. <laughs> we are also going to we are working on on a cloud service uh, that will provide um, um, a web UI. Basically, oh, okay. allows you to to instrument this GraphQL API. Okay. Uh, directly from the web, so we're working on that now, and uh, we actually might release it in tech preview by the, before the end of the year. Okay. Uh, but that basically, do, do, yeah, we're going to change a lot <laughs> the way <laughs> platform engineers work. That that's what you you should take from it from from this and uh, and follow the launch, uh, the the you know several launches that we will announce in the next few weeks. In fact, we're. I mean, we, with that we can wrap it up because uh, that was that was fantastic. I I actually have a couple more questions, but before I move on to the last question, so where can people follow you specifically and Dagger? Uh, can, you, sure. can you tell us where? Yeah, I presume Twitter must be uh, a relevant means of announcements. Yeah, I think I think Twitter is uh, for 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 people using Twitter. I think it's a, it's a good way. So we are uh, Dagger underscore IO on um, on Twitter. Uh, I'm Sam underscore Alba. I don't I don't tweet a lot to be honest. Uh, Solomon does. Solomon right? does. Yeah, he's uh, I I, uh, I actually uh, read a lot of uh, his tweets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's a really interesting. Yeah, character. of course, uh, every every day. And uh, <laughs> he's he's. Uh, uh, Salamonster on, uh, but you Salamonster Salamonster with uh, the, the the French spelling uh, monstre Salamonster. Oh, okay, <laughs> basically, and so so yeah, um, every time so so all the tweets are being um, all the important announcements are usually uh, relayed on on Twitter by by Solomon myself the rest of the team and obviously the dagger on the underscore IO account and I would say also Discord the community yeah the community on Discord like we 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 share everything we do on on, okay. on Discord probably more than on Twitter actually yeah of course uh, yeah. and and people can ask instant help like uh, or questions about anything or something missing in the docs or anything so yeah, Discord is probably the, the, the best way, but, but Twitter it works too. I like the fact that your product development strategy or process looks a bit like a DAG. Like you're not moving on to the next step until one is finished, right? So once you've validated that the, um, you know, the, the APIs look like the community likes them and so forth, then you will provide the next thing, which yep. is very cautious and I, I like it. And it's very bottoms up driven. So last thing to just about the company, like how again? Like, what does the product look like in the future? You raised money not long ago, right? Right. And yeah. Yeah. In March, we we closed our Series A, so now we have funding for you know quite some time. I would say nice. the team is about. Uh, I think we are twenty-one people exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's a distributed so company, journey. correct? Yes, it's fully distributed. So we have people in India, Portugal, France, UK, uh, North America, South America. Um, yeah, so it's uh, fully distributed or remote. Um, 
yeah, and uh, we we plan to grow some more. If some at some point people are interested to to work on the the core after trying Dagger, they think that they they would enjoy working on this uh, product product every day, and they should reach out. Um, actually, they can send me an email directly, Sam at uh, Dagger.io, and we also have hiring at Dagger.io. There is also a jobs page on on the website. Um, I think it's uh, Dagger.io. Uh, slash careers. Career. Okay. Yeah, just okay. to make sure I, I spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, uh, unless you want to cover something else that we've missed, uh, I'm happy to conclude the interview here. Did Great. we miss anything? I don't think so, except if uh, at some point people have questions, you know, too many questions about the, if they all have the same questions. Yeah, it means we, we probably missed something. But I, If the software engineer in Delhi has also, the community has a lot of questions, uh, I'm happy to bring you in another time or Solomon or Sounds Andrea good. or whatever to join. And, and deep dive into some of these specifics. But uh, otherwise, good luck and I'll see you around. Great. Thanks for the opportunity. My pleasure.